Welcome to Preach the Word Podcast. My name is Ashton McDonald, and I am your host. Today is Resurrection Sunday, 2022. I just returned home from church this morning, and then we spent a time of food and fellowship with family. And I thought, what better time than this afternoon to sit down and make this Resurrection Sunday episode available to you today. Today's sermon was shared by Pastor Shad McDonald, April 17th, 2022. The scripture reading comes from Luke chapter 24 and verse 1, and the sermon is titled, The Victory of the Vacant Tomb. Aren't you glad that we serve a risen Lord, that he's not just a memory or a man-made idol, but he is the Messiah? Listen as Pastor McDonald shares his heart with us about the victory of the vacant tomb. Thank you for listening. Chapter 24 of Luke's Gospel. See it there, verse 1. Luke 24, verse 1. Now, upon the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they came unto the sepulchre, bringing the spices which they had prepared, and certain others with them. And they found the stone rolled away from the sepulchre, and they entered in and found not the body of the Lord Jesus. And it came to pass, as they were much perplexed thereabout, behold, two men stood by them in shining garments, And as they were afraid and bowed down their faces to the earth, they said unto them, Why seek ye the living among the dead? He is not here, but is risen. Remember how he spake unto you when he was yet in Galilee, saying, The Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified. And the third day rise again and they remembered his words verse number six is our scripture text he is not here but is risen hold that the lord will stand by me i want to title that text the victory of the vacant tomb i'm glad the tomb is empty that's the facts just the facts that's the truth of it the tomb is empty he is not here David Reed was a chaplain in Dunkirk in 1940 when the enemy forces came in and took Dunkirk because he was an officer and a chaplain he was imprisoned in an officer's camp the whole time of the war he was allowed to take some precious possessions into that prison camp where those officers were kept and he took a stack of books in 1945 when his majesty's forces came in and the english soldiers came in and took dunkirk and they went in they began to pull them officers out david reed was one of them that they brought out and he carried again some precious possessions that he had taken into that prison 
and it was a stack of books. One of his majesty's uh, soldiers, an officer, asked David uh, Reed after he'd spent those long years in Dunkirk. He said, how did you make it? How did you keep your sanity? How is it that you were able to keep your composure and your hope that you would be set free having to listen to all the propaganda and all the things you were told? And from his stack of books, he pulled a large book and he handed it to that English soldier and said, open it. And that English soldier opened that book to find that it, it had been hollowed out and it was empty as far as no pages. But inside of that hollowed out book was a wireless radio set, a tiny wireless radio. And David Reed smiled and said, no matter the propaganda we were told. He said every day we could set up our wireless and we could tune into London and we could get what the truth was. <laughs> Hallelujah. I come to preach to you today what the truth is. And the truth is he is alive. It matters not the propaganda. It matters not the scoffers. It matters not the doubters. The truth is, He is alive. I want to talk to you about the indisputable fact of the vacant tomb. It is indisputable that the tomb is empty. He is not here. The word of prophecy had foretold it. The scripture makes it very plain and is emphatic. If you want to look through the Old Testament and find prophecy after prophecy after prophecy. His death was foretold. His burial was foretold. And likewise, his resurrection foretold. Look to those messianic psalms, Psalm 22, and then Psalm 69. And then look to the words of the prophet Isaiah. And they foretell and they promise that he would die but he would rise again. And then look at the words of the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians 15 and 5. And that he was buried and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. The prophecy foretold it that he would die but he would rise again. Not only did the prophets foretell his burial and his resurrection, but Jesus himself foretold and prophesied that he would die and he would rise again. In Matthew 26 and 32, he said, But after I am risen again, I will go before you into Galilee. And Jesus also said, destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. There is prophecy after prophecy that was foretold that he would die, but he would rise again. Imagine our Lord as he looks to his chosen and he says to them, I will be killed, but I will rise again. Not only is they 
prophecy that foretold it, but there is power that fulfilled it. For in 1 Corinthians 15 and verse number 5, he was seen of Cephas, then of the twelve. And after that he was seen of above five hundred brethren, of whom the greater part remain unto this present, and some are fallen asleep. And notice what he says there, And last he was seen of me also as one that was born out of due time. Simply to say, he was seen by his friend Cephas, he was seen by his followers, he was seen by James, a family member, he was seen also by a foe, he was seen by Saul of Tarsus, but aren't you glad on the third day he got up? And he resurrected triumphant over death, held in the grave. It is an indisputable fact that the tomb is empty and the sepulcher is empty. Talleyrand, the, you may have remembered the story of the Frenchman, the great British statesman he was called. He was once... Uh, talking to a man by the name of Lepo, and Lepo found many great faults with the religion of his day, and Lepo said to Talleyrand, he said, I think I'll just start my own religion, whereupon Talleyrand said, well, you may try that, and he said, probably the best way to get it started is get yourself killed, and on three days, get up from the dead. <laughs> I am glad that Jesus got up on the third day. I have, I have within my heart the faith to accept and believe that he is alive. Look at verse number 13 of chapter 15 there of 1 Corinthians. The scripture says there, But if there be no resurrection of the dead, then is Christ not risen. And if Christ be not risen, then is our preaching in vain, and your faith is also vain. An indispensable faith in a valiant Savior. For you see, He was willing to be the sin sacrifice. He was willing to shed His blood and die for us. Verse 16, I'm reading on. For if the dead rise not, then is Christ is not Christ raised? Verse 17, And if Christ be not raised, your faith is vain, ye are yet in your sins. If Christ is not raised from the dead, we have no earthly hope. But because of a living Lord, all my past is forgiven. Can the church say amen? If Christ be not raised, your faith is in vain. Ye are yet in your sins. If Christ were still in that tomb, our sins would be unforgiven. If Christ were still in that tomb, we would have no hope of salvation. But I am glad that I have hope. I am glad I have hope. I know that my sins are under the blood. I know that my sins, which were many, have now every one been pardoned. My sins that were innumerable have now all been forgiven. If Christ is still yet dead, I have no earthly hope. 
But because of the living Lord, all of my past is forgiven. I'm in 1 Corinthians 15 yet. In verse number 18. Then they also which are fallen asleep in Christ are perished. In this life, if in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men most miserable. But now, I love that, but now is Christ risen from the dead and become the first fruits of them that slept. If Christ is still in the tomb, we have no earthly hope. If Christ is still in the tomb, we have no eternal home. But because of a living Lord, we have a promise for the future. He said, in my Father's house are many mansions. And if it were not so, I would have told you. He said, I go away to prepare a place for you that where I am, there ye may be also. And whether I go, you know, and the way you know. I'm glad I know the way. I'm glad I know the truth and the life. I'm glad I know the living Savior. I'm glad I know the bread when I'm hungry, the water when I'm thirsty. He's everything that I need. He's an on-time God. Yes, He is. If Christ be not raised, we have no earthly hope. If Christ be not raised, we have no eternal home. A Christian was once talking to a Muslim. And the Christian said to that Muslim, Imagine with me, please, that you're walking alone on a path. And as you walk alone on that path, you come to a fork in the path. And much to your surprise, there are two men at the fork of the path. One, one is dead and one is alive. Now, if you don't know which direction to go, are you going to ask the one that's dead or the one that's alive? <laughs> Hallelujah. And the Muslim did not want to answer because he would have to admit that his leader is dead. But my Savior lives. And he is the way and he is the truth, and he is the life, and he's already been where I'm going. And he says, you don't have anything to fear. The tomb is not the end. It's but the through fair. Amen. He put a highway right through there, and to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. I don't have to fear death because Jesus has already been there. An indisputable fact of the vacant tomb. Indispensable faith in a valiant Savior. And the irresistible force. The irresistible force of our victorious salvation. Verse number 24. Then cometh the end when he shall have delivered up the kingdom of God. <coughs> Even the Father when he shall have put down all rule and all authority and power. For he must reign till he hath put all enemies under his feet. The last enemy that shall be destroyed is death. And Charles Spurgeon said, since he's the last enemy, we won't worry about him till the last. <laughs> 
And I am glad that Jesus is the first and he is the last and the devil is defeated. Can you shout amen? The devil has been defeated. The devil has been defeated. Can the church shout amen? The devil has been defeated. And death is destroyed. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this mortal must put on immortality, and this corruption must put on incorruption. Then when this mortal hath put on immortality, and this corruptible hath put on incorruption, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? Thanks be unto God who giveth us the victory through Jesus Christ our Lord. I'm glad that Jesus lives. I am glad of the irresistible force. Amen. Of a victorious salvation. And it comes because Jesus came out of the tomb. And he's got power over the grave. Amen. I love that story that John Bunyan tells about Christian and hopeful they come to the river. And it seems for Christian as if he's having a difficult time trying to make the crossing. And one of the shining ones tell him and say, "You, the depth of the water will depend upon your faith in your king. But Christian feels himself sinking and he cries out to help. He cries out for help. And Hopeful calls back and says, Be of good cheer. Hold on, my brother. Whereupon Christian calls back and says, I feel the bottom, and it is good. Hallelujah. And he's able to tread on a cross because when it seems like he's about to sink and drown, he quotes the verse of Isaiah the prophet, When thou passest through the waters, I will be with thee, and through the rivers they shall not overflow thee. And it was soon that he found ground to stand upon and he was able to tread safely to the other side. Well, friend, we may go through some deep waters, but he promised he'd be there with us. He promised to hold our hand. He promised that he would deliver, that he would set free, and he would always be there. And because Jesus lives, I live also. The devil is defeated and death is destroyed because we serve a risen Savior. The year was 1933. A Presbyterian minister heard someone say, Why should I serve some dead Jew? And that disturbed that Presbyterian minister. And then of all things on Easter Sunday of 1933 that same Presbyterian minister was listening to the radio while pastoring in California and he heard a New York preacher say on the radio it matters not if Christ 
be raised or not. It so infuriated him that he literally jumped out of his seat and began to scream. He lies, he lies, he lies. It does matter that Christ be raised. Whereupon his wife said, Alfred, if it bothers you that much, why don't you write a song about it? So on Easter of 1933, if you'll turn to page 188 in your hymnal, you'll see the hymn written by Alfred Henry Ackley. And he said, I serve a risen Savior. He's in the world today. I know that he is living whatever men may say. I see his hand of mercy. I hear his voice of cheer. And just the time I need him, he's always near. He lives. He lives. Christ Jesus lives today. He walks with me and talks with me along life's narrow way. He lives. He lives. Salvation to impart. You ask me how I know he lives. He lives. Come on now. You ask me how I know he lives. He lives within my heart. My message to you today is the victory of the vacant tomb. How do I know he lives? He lives in my heart. How do I know the tomb is empty? Because he is alive and real within my heart. He's everything that I need. He's not in the tomb. He's in my heart. He's my alpha, my advocate, and my amen. He's my beginning, my branch, and my bridegroom. He's my creator, my counselor, and my cornerstone. He's my deity, my day star, and my door. He is eternal elect emancipator. He is father, faithful, and finisher. He is God, governor, and glorious. He is holy, hope, highest. He is incarnate, intercessor, and Emmanuel. He is Jehovah, just and judge. He's keeper, kindred, and king. He's lamb, liberator, and Lord. He's Messiah, mediator, and morning star. He's Nazarene, noble, and near. He is Omega, only begotten, outstretched arm. He's Passover, priest, and propitiation. He is quickener. He is qualifier and quickener. He is righteous, rock, and redeemer. He is shepherd, Shiloh and Savior. He is triumphant. He is teacher. He is truth. He is upholder. He is unfailing. He is understanding. He is virtuous. He is vicarious. He is victorious. He is word. He is witness. He is wonderful. He is example. He is exalted. He is expected. He's yea. He's Yah. He's yesterday. He's yours. He's zenith. He's Zion. He is and he's coming again and somebody ought to get your praise on because the tomb is empty and Jesus lives I said you ought to get your praise on because the tomb is empty and Jesus lives you ask me how I know he lives he lives within my heart why don't you praise him a little while Hallelujah.
Oh, praise the Lord. Worship the Lord. Love him. Hallelujah. He's worthy. He's worthy. He's worthy. He lives. He lives. He lives within my heart. He's everything that I need. You're here today. And you've got some problems and perplexities. Things that you're facing. Things you're dealing with. And they seem as solemn and as serious and as hopeless as death. Friend, because of Christ alone, we have hope for every hopeless situation. to sing how they feel and I want us to gather in for worship the altars are open come in around the front and let's give the Lord some time to speak to our hearts let's worship here today for a while <laughs>